0: Good morning. Welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to see you today. Everybody doing well? Good, good, good. Yeah. Not, no frozen chosen today, right? Everybody's alive, awake, ready to go. There are heated seats in your seats right there. If you just literally just push the button, I'm just teasing. There's no heated seats in here at all, but I'm just making sure everybody's awake. Yo. Yeah, oh, sorry about that. If you'd get more money, we'd have that, but that's... <laughs> Just a joke, just a joke. Make sure everybody's alive and awake today. Well, this is a great weekend. This is probably one of my favorite weekends of the year because we get to celebrate what God's done through you in the year previous and then kind of forecast really where we think God is leading us, kind of some vision. Uh, this year, and then an opportunity at the end for you to make a commitment to pray, to go, and to give. And it's really pretty simple in that way. And so last year was a phenomenal year. Uh, Three years ago, we started this concept of basically trying to simplify giving at church. Um, So Instead of having a building campaign and a missions campaign and this campaign and tithe and all that, we just said, look, the Bible says giving's broken into two parts. One is about obedience, that's the tithe, that belongs to the Lord. And then the other is about generosity, which is beyond the tithe, which is what we call greater. And so, which is around the corner, around the world. It's, it's missions, it's, it's projects, it's, it's, it's outside the doors of the church. And so every one of the campuses at Life Church, including online, all participate in the giving to this. And, um, and, and let me give you some key statistics that's happened over the course of this past year because of your generosity. These are gonna be on the screen, but 13 students went to camp on scholarships last summer. That's significant because those are students that would not have been able to go because of finances. And one of the values that we have, and it's a personal value of mine, that there will never be a student that wants to go to youth camp, kids camp, in the spiritual environment that wants to go to that, that cannot go uh, because of money. It's just, we're just not going to have that. We're going to make sure that every kid that wants to go to camp goes to camp. That's a huge value because more life change happens in a spiritual significant way uh, in the life of a student at camp than any other time during the course of the year. And so you made that happen. There were 33 organizations that you supported last year. That's organizations like Teen Challenge, which is right here in the city of Milwaukee, all the way to international organizations like Convoy of Hope that you support significantly, that last year broke the 200,000th the, the mark on meals served every single day to children. In the world. They're feeding 200,000 children a day, along with disaster relief and women's empowerment and all these incredible things that they do. You support organizations just like that. There were 33 individual missionaries that you support last year. So these are missionary families. So they could be singles like uh, a missionary associate like Mackenzie Mueller, who re- grew up in this area, graduated from Hamilton, Sussex Hamilton High School, and um went through Life Leadership College and then went directly from that three years ago to uh, work for Convoy of Hope Europe in their Brussels office and works internationally. Uh, if you were here Christmas Eve, she was here for one of the services just to kind of uh, greet everyone. And then couples and families like the Millers, you know, mom, dad, two kids that are serving in Europe as well. And so, and in, in, in there are 33 different individuals just like that. 66 people went on mission trips last year, which is great because missions is not just taught, it's caught. And I would encourage you, if you've never been on a mission trip, go. Go, 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 go. Uh, There was 1,223 families who gave to greater. That's an 80% increase in family units given uh, over 2017. That's an, a dramatic increase of engagement. That's huge for me because here's what that says to me is that more and more and more buy-in is happening. And, uh, and it doesn't matter the amount. Again, the amount is between you and the Lord. That's not my business or anybody else's, but it's the amount of engagement that we have that people see, hey, above and beyond my tithe, I, I want to, to give and create generosity around the corner, around the world. So $12,460.08 was given by junior high and high school students from missions last year through Speed the Light. And $9,441.96 was given by your kids, by Life LifeKids, uh, to, to missions through BGMC last year. Those two numbers are, are significant because what it means is that we're raising this heart for, for, for greater. We're raising this heart for for compassion and for giving and missions and going. So Because the one thing I don't want is our staff to become fundraisers. That's not the idea to do. How many car washes can you do in the summer? Dear God, help us all. I've been there, right? And it's just not any fun. But how do we instill this heart? And you saw last year, matter of fact, there's an article in the magazine that you received, uh, on this greater magazine, that uh, w- children that heard and saw what was happening in Haiti, their hearts were moved, and moms and dads came around, around them, and they began to personally, in many cases, raise more money than what most adults give in missions in a year because they saw that that is from a culture that's created here in the church. That's not me, that's us, which is significant. And, uh, and so a total of $889,888.87 was given to greater. So that's missions, that doesn't stay here. That's around the corner and around the world. I mean, that's amazing. Can we just give God praise for that last year? Again, let me say this, just to give you perspective on your greater giving, of Protestant churches In the United States, you're in the top 1% of Protestant churches in the United States. That means 99% of Protestant churches in North America and in the U.S. gave less to missions than you did. That's significant. And I'm not saying that to brag on you. I'm saying that to give you perspective to go, you have such a heart for generosity. And I think the reason why you have that and why God's blessing us is because of that right there. Because when we have an opportunity like Sherman Park to go into the city of Milwaukee and minister and create not just Life Center Milwaukee which is an outreach center but then also a campus out of that and then and and continue not just do mission projects here at home but abroad and how you give and you get behind that and you go with generosity it's just amazing and I know we didn't hit the million dollar mark in 2018 so we reserved a little bit for 2019 amen yes we did and you're going to help me with that today. Uh, the good news is, is that we've got the resources, is the bad news is it's in your pocket. And so that's what my job is today. I'm just joking. Not really. Okay. So we've been talking about why we do this. And I just want to bring us back to chapter and verse. If you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 25, if you don't have a Bible, it's going to be on the screen in just a minute, but Matthew chapter 25, Jesus is talking about what's going to happen when this whole world wraps up and, and we stand before God and we give an account for our lives. This is not a parable. Parable is a story with meaning. Jesus taught in parables. Jesus is telling the disciples, this is how this goes down. This is how God views this. This is how God God will will judge the compassion of our hearts. And um, so let's read it here in Matthew chapter 25. This is kind of the why for greater. Verse 31, when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, this is speaking of the, of the second coming of Christ. We will sit on his, on, he will sit on his glorious throne and all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate people. We don't like that, but this is what he says. One from another, as a sh- shepherd separates sheep from goats, he'll put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Verse 34, then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father take your inheritance for this kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. So this isn't something that's reactive that God does. This is something that's preordained. Verse 35, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Verse 37, then the righteous will answer him, Lord, When did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go and visit you? Verse 40. And the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. Read that last verse again. And the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever. It's not about the amount. It's not about the capacity. You, not the church, you, did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine. You did for me. See, the why, the, the, the purpose, the cause for greater and, and, and the push is compassion. It's real simple. It's compassion. And, and we see, first of all, that compassion is accountable that there's, God is going to bring an account for your compassionate actions or the lack thereof. That, that there's going to come a day where that's going to be evaluated and it's going to be judged. And, and the amount is not what's important. It says whatever. It's the heart. God doesn't judge the way we, we judge. God doesn't judge with the amount, the, the, the amount of something or how grandiose something is or the splash that it makes. God, God, God judges the heart. He knows your capacity. He knows your ability. Remember the woman with, with the widow's might? Jesus, again, not a parable, stops the disciples as they're going to synagogue, they're going to church for the weekend, and points out that this woman gave more than every other rich, fat cat in the room because she didn't give some, she gave all. Capacity of heart. That's going to be judged. So one of the reasons why I do sermons like this is not to scare you, because again, we've already established you're a very generous church. You're an incredibly generous people. I'm kind of preaching to the choir, so to speak. But I just want to remind us, this is why we do this. This is why we teach compassion to our children, not just because it's socially acceptable and politically correct, but because it's biblical. Because there is coming a day and when we get to heaven and we're standing around the throne around all the other nations in front of Jesus, you're not going to look at me and say, you were too scared to preach this. You were too scared to communicate this. I have had pastor buddies and people and friends that have in ministry that have said, I can't believe you talk about money. You do it. But guys, we have a responsibility. Jesus talked more about giving than he did about heaven, hell or prayer itself. Why? Because it's, it's, it's the heartbeat of God. John three sixteen for God so loved you and I that he gave. Did he give money? No, because money couldn't pay the ransom. He gave his one and only son. So compassion, it, it, it's accountable. It's going to be evaluated. It's going to be judged. It's not my business. I'm just telling you what the book says. Secondly, compassion, is, it separates. It separates the sheep from the goats. Sheep, we know in scripture, are, are children of God, right? They're, 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 they're Christ followers, if you would. Goats are the people that are just kind of playing games and causing problems. You ever been around a goat? They're, they're not good for a whole lot of anything, right? And so as a shepherd, if you see in Old Testament, the shepherd, there's sheep, there's goats, and there's wolves. If you have a wolf, you kill it. If you have a sheep, you, shoo, you have a goat, you shoe it on. And if you have a sheep, then you bring them back into the fold. And Jesus says he's gonna separate on his right hand and his left hand after this judgment call of evaluation, based upon compassion he's going to say, you're really a true follower and you were just playing games. Didn't it say that? And, then, and, then, and on that day of judgment, but I cast out devils in your name. I preached great messages in your name. This is woe to preachers, right? I did all these great things in your name. And he's gonna say, I don't know you because you were playing church. Going to church doesn't save you. Being a member of a local church doesn't save you. Taking communion doesn't save you. Water baptism doesn't save you. How are you so sure? Because those are outward signs of what should be an inward decision. The only thing that saves you is what happens inside your heart. Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. Man cannot save you. The church cannot save you. Only a relationship with Jesus Christ can save you. And true sheep know the voice of the shepherd, but goats, they're just playing games. Compassion separates that. Compassion is rewarded. He says that compassion will be rewarded on that day. Here's your inheritance that's been established since the beginning. Here's your inheritance. Here's your reward. You say in business, what gets rewarded gets done. The same thing is true in the kingdom. What's rewarded in the kingdom? How much you give? No. How long you give? No. How long you've been a Christian? No. Were you a member of a church? No. Did you know the pastor? That didn't help you at all. Trust me. (laughs) Your capacity to peep, treat people with generosity. And I'm not talking about money. That's part of it, but it's just part of it. It's your heart. You can write a big check and be the most, be the most uncompassionate person in the world. You can give a million dollars and be stingy, especially if you're a billionaire, that's nothing. But it's your heart. And the is not optional. Not in the life of a Christ follower. It's not optional. Jesus says it's not only is it expected, it's required. And sometimes we think that, man, I just need to say that prayer and I'm all good. That's the beginning point. And not that our actions save us, but if we are saved, our actions will be those that are compassionate. That's the difference between a sheep and a goat. A sheep, right heart, right actions. A goat, they may have some semblance of right action, but there's no right heart. So compassion should define us as Christ followers. The greatest thing people in the world should say of the church and say of you and me, those are compassionate people. Those are kind people. They're soft on the edges, but they're firm in the center. They believe what they believe and they don't back up for themselves or anyone else. But they're not about condemnation. Why? Because... Jesus himself wasn't about condemnation. John 3, 17, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. If Jesus wasn't here to condemn it, it's not my job. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And, and the Holy Spirit's work isn't condemnation. It's, it's conviction, which is different. Because conviction is you're wrong and you know it and let's bring you into light. Condemnation is you're wrong, you're a loser, and you're never going to get any better. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That's, that's a lie in the work of the enemy. So So... How we treat those that God loves, which is his children, which is people inside and outside the church, it's the best way that we love God. Isn't that true of you if you're a parent? Be nice to me all you want to, but you're nice to my kids, I'm going to make sure that I'm going to be very kind to you. You're mean to my kids, I don't care how nice you are to me, I'll cut you at the knees, right? Amen? And every mother said, amen? Amen? I've seen you mothers at soccer games, I know how you are. So, 2019, how are we gonna do this? How's this gonna be displayed? Well, first of all, you've got this book uh, right here, and so you can take this home. Everything I'm talking about today is gonna be in here, and then at the the end of the time, we're gonna get to this commitment card, but I wanna highlight two major projects. Again, we're doing, again, Dozens of missionaries that are supported, their names are in this book. Uh, Dozens of missions organizations, names are in this book, projects in this book. There's $1.3 million worth of projects that are in this book. That's our goal this year. You go, that's, you're crazy. We've already established that. But this is what's happening here. Do we have to do any of this? Nope. What happens if we don't get to 1.3? Then we'll do what we can do. But our goal is 1.3. What happens if we get to 1.5? I love people ask questions like that. (laughs) There are more things, trust me, but these are the things that we've narrowed down, we've focused based upon on our values and the culture here at Life Church that we feel like God wants us to do. There's two major things, one is international and one is is more local stateside. So let me talk about the international one, North Korea. Uh, I'm gonna show you a video that I filmed in the the demilitarization zone between South Korea and North Korea when I was just there a couple of weeks ago. Was not unable to get into North Korea. My wife threatened me with an inch of my life to try to do that. There had just been someone that morning that had uh, defected from North Korea. The border security was crazy and a lot of tenseness, but you're seeing things that are on the news and there's some doors of opportunity that are opening up that are really not about politics and uh, superpowers, really about the needs of humanity and and how it's going to open up. And we've, well, we we're given an opportunity to do something in North Korea. So I want you to check out this video and then I'll come back. Hi, Life Church. Here I am on South Korean soil. Directly behind me is North Korea. We're in the DMZ or the Demilitarization Zone. There's 25 million people that live in North Korea. And here's the opportunity. We have a chance to take the Gospel, to take the Bible, translate it into their language and be the first to bring that in to North Korea. We've been asked by Life Publishers to partner with Tri-County Assembly of God in Cincinnati, Ohio, pastor by Brad Rosenberg, to join with them to basically take the Bible and have it translated, a uh, full life study Bible. and. Uh, As you can read and you hear on the news, the doors are opening for the gospel to go in. It's a prime time. I heard a story yesterday as I arrived of a lady who was bringing in Bibles into North Korea. They found them on her person, pulled her out, and asked her to denounce her faith. And because she refused to, they confiscated the Bibles and they took her life. That's what's happening behind me. The walls are coming down. The doors of opportunity are opening. And we have an opportunity to be able to take God's Word to them. Only two things are eternal, God's Word and His people. And this is such an amazing opportunity. There are doors and opportunities that happen in seasons. And what happens, and most typically historically, is that when a country like North Korea begins to open because of this humanitarian aid, because the the, the crisis that they're not publicly giving that People are they're starving, and, and they need food, and so now they need help. And so, so there was a couple of several conversations that we had when we were in Seoul about that opens up a door. When we get in through that door of opportunity, then we get to see the church, which typically, uh, the more persecution that takes place against the church, the, the more robust the church is. Uh, two years ago, uh, you supported, we, we gave money to build a men's dormitory in Burma, Myanmar, uh, when, when the doors opened up to get back into that country after 50 years uh, of an anti-Christian hostile government. And what we found is that the church had exploded numerically. The largest growing demographic were 20-somethings, early 20-somethings, that were f- called into ministry that wanted to change their nation. And, uh, and so literally, we're just in dire need uh, back in the Bible schools that had been created 50, 60, 70 years ago. Uh, by missionaries, and so again that we don 't know what we're going to find on the other side, but we do know that this is an opportunity and so it 's worth what I would call it 's one of those venture capitalist kingdom ventures that we're going to invest into the translation because the North Korean dialect is different than the South Korean dialect believing that God's going to open the door I'm believing we 're going to be able to go in uh, and have an opportunity to be able to go in maybe some of you could even go with me uh, that'd be pretty pretty stinking cool because there's nothing like worshiping with Christian who have been persecuted, beaten, killed, and completely minimized when when an inch of of freedom comes in. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit's been at complete work. Uh, It is the most powerful worship services I've ever been in in the world when I've been in house churches and underground churches, especially in Asia. So that's one opportunity of of dozens that we have that are in the book. The second opportunity is Life Center Milwaukee. So last year, we, we felt a year ago that God was opening up a door and God miraculously opened up a door for us at 56th and Burleigh to do an outreach center. And, um, and so um, from that point into now, let me give you some statistics. Just in 12 months of your giving and believing and what happened, I'm just going to show you real time what, what's happened statistically speaking. So from that point of our stepping out in faith, we were given a 14,000 square foot building at 56th and Burleigh, uh, which appraises about $300,000. Um, we served over 9,000 hours were served in the the city of Milwaukee since then because there was a congregation there and it really wasn't our intent to do a campus that was a secondary deal but but because there was a congregation that was there of a couple dozen people um, and again that church in that location had not run ran more than a couple dozen people three dozen people on average for 20 some odd years we felt like we needed to honor the, the, the uh, 20 people that were there and try to do something. And so God blessed that. So we've averaged 113 uh, last year since April and 140 since September. Uh, and so, as a matter of fact, last weekend there was a little over about 150 people that were there. There's been 209 documented first-time guests that have walked through the doors there since we've taken uh, leadership there just in the last 12 months. And 39 Decisions for Christ— Amen. That's the same number of people that were there a year ago when we were given the keys to the building on that Sunday morning. So last weekend, there were 11 people baptized in the service. So here's what I want to do. That's awesome. I want you to see the video from the Milwaukee, from Life Center Milwaukee, the, the weekend service. I want you to check this out. Hello, everybody at Life Church. My name is Pastor Robert Bell, and this is my beautiful wife, Latrice, here at the Milwaukee campus. And today, we go, this is our first baptism, and we praise God. I get a chance to take people down and bring them up. Amen. Check this out. Hallelujah. Today was an amazing day. We baptized 11 people today. And this is what we do at Life Church. We bring life change. Isn't that awesome? That's your generosity displayed through greater in real time. So let me tell you what we're going to do this year as we've been kind of got a year in the city there and, and, and kind of getting a heart for what the Lord wants us to do. The kind of the strategy, this is going to be on the screen. First of all, we want to initiate as quickly as possible an after-school program. We know that the most pivotal ages are middle school ages, and this is where the trajectory of people's lives change. Our campus pastor, Robert Bell, that, if someone had been there, this is the way he said it to me, he said, Pastor Aaron, if somebody had been there for me at that age... My life would be, it would not have gone through the valleys that I had to go through, prison, so forth and so on to get to where I'm at. So we wanna step in that gap. God, again, has given us what I think to be a prime property right there in that neighborhood, right there on that corner. And so we wanna do that. So that the eventual goal is that the the buildings open seven days a week, 24 hours a day, if you really wanna know my heart. But right now we're gonna start with a few hours every afternoon after school, so that kids can get tutoring. It's a safe place for kids to hang out. Kids are social before they're spiritual because kids are kids, amen. And, uh, and then also food, because a lot of times the kids, if they're in with MPS, the only meals that they're getting are getting there through like a breakfast and a lunch. And so there's not anything for dinner. So we wanna help with that. And many t- times that the homeless issue in Milwaukee is not a situation of someone li- living under a bridge, but rather it's tonight, you're gonna be over here and you're gonna be over here and parents don't have a, have a home. And so kids are sleeping on this couch and that couch and they're just fragmented just trying to figure things out. By the time they're getting into middle school and high school, it's more and more and more on their on their own. We want to try to help with kids, especially that are, are in a, vo- a volatile situation and come in and do that. Next is to continue to partner with MPS. God's given us great favor and opened some doors right there and continue to adopt schools. And so what that means is some of the outreaches that we've done, it's also opportunities for us, for all of us at all of our campuses to be able to go and, and, and read in the schools and do, and be, Available for tutoring in the schools, and and again, this is gonna it's gonna be very organic. So I don't have all the ins and the outs, but but there's a door. So we want to continue to operate and walk through this. Next is adopt a block, where we continue to serve. So park and rec and different things in that neighborhood, houses, neighborhoods, uh, all that kind of stuff. We want to help transform um, impact. One of the things as we go along that we we want to look at is we want to get away from nickels and noses. Uh, at the campus, and not that, not that seeing people come to faith in Christ and baptize aren't important, those are very important on the dashboard, but a dashboard that we want to look at that we're talking about as the executive team is what's the crime impact with our presence? Because if you're not impacting the community, who cares? Right. So what happens in that zip code? Something that really bothered me was within a few months of us getting that particular location, there was a young man that was shot and killed right on the corner. It was a Wednesday afternoon, and we couldn't they couldn't do the midweek Bible study that they've been doing for years there because the police had it all taped off and whatever. Had nothing to do with us. And and but the problem is that's a young man's life that was gone. Had nothing to do with the police. It was just It was just uh, one kid shooting and killing another kid, but right there at the corner where the church is. And sometimes in Germantown, we kind of go, well, you know, we've never had to not have service because somebody was shot and killed at the front doors of the church. Think about that. But five miles away, that's a reality. We have a responsibility. And so we want to make a difference. How are we going to do that? I have no idea. Other than just keep doing what God's putting in our hand. Keep trying to steward those opportunities. Keep trying to give and go and love and learn what we can. But part of that's going to be this adopt-a-block of just loving the neighbors day in and day out, week in and week out. Block parties. Just where we're coming in and having some fun. Do a half dozen of these throughout the year where there's everything from medical screenings to... Uh, to to haircuts, to groceries, to to just meeting needs of people right where they are and just loving them right out of that center so that they view that location as a safe place, as a good place, as a place that's not trying to take from them, uh, not trying to regulate something, but just simply to love. Uh, and then uh, food pantry, food pantry. Uh, this, is, this is probably one of my favorites, not just because I like to eat, but because I just think there's a power in this and the way that the building is set up that we can actually have a food pantry so people can come by that are in need and be able to get the staple items that they need. And so that that's completely set up. Because the way I love the way it's set up there is right there on Burlide, there's a... Uh, uh, um, a bus stop right there. There's a door right there. It goes right down into, into the, the basement where the kitchen is and a nice food pantry that we're going to, to work on and do some things to be able to just minister to people right there. And then I said earlier about an after-school program, and this is going to be athletics, whether we're doing upward leagues, rec leagues, whatever we have to do. Um, we, we want to create a, a gym space uh, that would allow us to continue to connect and to do. And again, this is all in the, in the book that, that we gave you earlier. So let me talk about the vision then for the facility cuz what it's going to in order to do these things there's going to be some things in the facility first of all is a gym so we have been working with Kabbalah Washotco, which is the architectural company that did the Germantown building. They also did the Iron Horse Hotel, which is one of the number one boutique hotels in North America in downtown Milwaukee. And uh, they do all the collectivos. So we want to make sure that the, what we're doing in one location is the same we're doing in all locations. And so we had those guys come in and help us. Well, one of the things they told us is that the roof, so if you've been into the building, it's a, there's, a, there's a drop ceiling that's there. Well, if you can remove that, the the roof structure of the beam and the steel uh, 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 wood structure in the roof is people are paying high, high, high dollars right now to be able to refabricate and, and, and have that. So we wanna remove all of that. In doing so, there's a concrete floor that's there, even though there's a basement below. This building was built in 1953, it was built very well. And uh, so we can actually do in the, in the sanctuary area, we can actually put a half court gym in there, especially for middle school kids. So uh, on the weekends, you won't notice it. During the week, it's, it's, uh, we'll have a curtain uh, 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 gated off area up at the front where the audio video is all completely locked down. And uh, not only can you not get into it, you can't hurt it and damage it. Windows are treated in such a way to be able to do that. So that creates that space there. Secondly is the kitchen. If you've been to the kitchen there, uh, it's basically uh, residential grade at best, and it's just kind of been pieced together. So we want to put in a commercial kitchen, and which is not cheap, but basically helping us with an after-school uh, f- uh, meal program. Uh, again, this is a big, 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 big deal uh, to be able to help and to serve people. Uh, next is a cafe and study space. And so, uh, which is the rest of the lower level. So the tiles, the the flooring in the basement is the original in 1953, which is asbestos, which is part of what what pushes some of the the cost. So the abatement and taking that out and fixing and doing all of that kind of stuff, it's completely fine if it's left alone, but to move anything or to change anything... It's very expensive. And so we're going to upgrade all of that along with the ceiling tiles as well in the, and the uh, auditorium are that way. And so, um, but to create space. So again, a computer lab, a uh, place for kids to hang out, a uh, video game area, uh, not too much different than what we have here at the Germantown campus. And why? Because again, we're not gonna do something that's substandard. We're not gonna do something that's unnecessary, but we're not gonna do something that's substandard. And we wanna create a place and a spot for kids. Also, this helps us as we go along with, with career replacement programs, GED programs, things of that nature for uh, adults, uh, that space. Next is a food pantry. And again, I talked a little bit about that. I won't go into any more detail, but, but to create that and convert part of that, that kitchen space into that. HVAC, there's only one room in the building that's air conditioned. And the, and the air conditioning unit, no joke, is original 1953. So Bruce Heiser may be able to help me with that one, but uh, uh, that th- th- it is what it is. And so we need to put HVAC in that building, especially if we're gonna do any kind of gym. Can you, can, you know, could you imagine? Okay. And then ADA a cl- a, a compliance. Right now it's really not compliant. And so it's gonna take a, we've been able to figure out how to do an elevator system that would allow someone that is completely wheelchair accessible to come into the building and be able to get easily upstairs or downstairs. And again, we're, this is a huge thing. So what's this gonna cost us right now? The construction company along with the architects working with this, uh, it's $800,000. And that's not cheap, but it's just, it is what it is. And so again, we're gonna value engineer this just like we've done everything else, but also do something that's at a level and a quality level that's going to last. And so we envision of the $1.3 million for 2019, we envision that, 500,000 of that will go directly for this particular project. Again, what happens if it doesn't come in? Well, then we'll do what we can do. We're not going to take a loan out for it. Uh, we're not going to go into debt on it. We, What we want to be able to do is pay for it. And, uh, and I'm just, so so I'm being honest with you. This isn't going to be paid for, for by some big fat cat or some big friend or somebody that somebody knows that walks in and says, I'll pay for this and do this and that. Uh, now, Having said that, we're asking every entity, every business, every, if I told you the name of business, uh, businesses that have walked through that building, you would know them. You've, you've given money to them, you've supported their events, you've been to their venues, and we're gonna continue to do that shamelessly, trust me. I have no problem with that at, at all. Because I don't get any, there's no direct benefit to me. And when there's no direct benefit to me, man, it, here's a pen. zeros are free, do you let me to write the check for you? You can just sign it, however you wanna do this. Um, but I'm coming to you because again, this is about compassion. And facilities just do one thing, they facilitate. We can do this. We could go in and spend $200,000 and just simply have everything look nice and upgrade the bathrooms downstairs that need disparate up, updating as well. But it's not about that. It's about serving people and doing things in the right way. And I know that you get that. So what can you do? I'm so glad you asked that question. First of all, is pray. Honestly, pray. Don't forget that we were given $300,000 last year. That's not reflected in the $900,000 that was given. If you want to look at the total amount that was given to Greater last year completely, it was $1.2 million. So God's able to get it to us if He can just get it through us. So if you go, well, this is all about money. No, 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 it's not. And again, if you don't feel like you're supposed to do anything, then don't do anything. It's not about that but it is about me praying and going, God, I need you to help us and do this. Secondly, it's about going and volunteering. So there's gonna be opportunities for you to volunteer and we're gonna need you. One of the things that we're doing at the Milwaukee campus that I think is real important, and I had a conversation with Pastor Robert, he was here last night and, and they're basically showing the video of, of, of last night's service at the campus. And I said, Robert, the one thing that we have to do, the reason why poverty is a curse, The Bible says upon any man is because it makes you a recipient and a receiver instead of a giver. And if the Bible is true and it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And if we really believe what Jesus said about the widow's might, it's not about the amount. The, The power is never in the amount. Understand this. It's never in the amount. The power is in the generosity and the compassion of the heart. And so if you can help people to understand that whatever they're facing, that God will get it to them if he can just get it through them, then they become a conduit and they become more like Jesus in that moment than they've ever been because that's the heart of God, not willing that any should perish for God so loved the world that he gave. And so it frees them from the law. It frees them from the curse of poverty. And per, the Bible says that poverty is a curse upon any man. It frees them. And so, what we want to do is the Life Church campus that takes place at Life Center Milwaukee. This isn't giving money to the campus, this is giving money to Life Center Milwaukee. And so, the Milwaukee campus is not giving money to themselves, they're giving money to the outreach that's happening through Life Center Milwaukee. Therefore, it doesn't matter, though our amounts may vary because of, of how much money that we make, our sacrifices are equal. So somebody in Ozaki County who may be given a whole lot more money than somebody in the Milwaukee zip code of Sherman Park, that's okay, because to whom much is given, much is required. But at the same time, we're all in this together and we all get to celebrate together. There were people at a greater gathering that we did that are from the the Milwaukee campus because they are givers and they get this. And not about the amount, about the heart. And so that's the last thing is that you you give, is that we all make a place where we give, regardless what that is. That's between you and the Lord. Father, I just pray today in these next few moments that you would just, as you spoke into our hearts, that you would just lead and guide and direct I thank you for what you've done in 2018, and I thank you for what you are going to do and are doing in 2019. I thank you for Robert Latrice Bell. Lord, choice servants, I love how you brought them into our lives and what you're doing through their ministry. I thank you, Lord, for how the Milwaukee campus and Life Center Milwaukee is changing, Germantown and Appleton, and other campuses yet to be opened. Lord, it's our heartbeat to reach this city. It's our heartbeat to, to, to reach people, to see life change happen around the corner, around the world. I pray Holy Spirit, speak and let us respond in Jesus' name. Amen.